0: Heavenly Father, bless this preaching moment and we thank you for it in Jesus name. Come on with your Bibles in your hands. Repeating after me. This is my Bible. Bible. I am what it says I am. am I am. I I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Father God, Feed me your word. word. Now, If you believe you're going to be fair, go ahead and make some (laughs) noise. Amen. Now, before we get into it, I I do have to let you know that because my kids have grown up as PKs, they are a little different. They are closer to the things that go on. And so on last week, Draylon said, Daddy, you was up there kind of long last week. And I was like, I don't think it was that long. He said, well, it felt long. Well, when I got to edit I realized it was long. And so, Draylin was not wrong. But let me tell you, it's not going to be short today. I'm going to take my time. And so, I just want you to know that. And y'all, y'all still can get to watching your games and whatever you're going to go to. It'll still be there when you get out. I'm not going to be like old school long. We used to be in old. I'm not going to go old school long because I'm tired sometimes. I'm not going to go old school long, but I'm I'm going to take my time. And one one of the knocks on me as a preacher, I, I tend to rush. So sometimes we need to take our time. And so let's pull this up. We've been in what I call the pathway series. And I didn't know it was a pathway series until I preached the first sermon. And then it just wouldn't leave me. And so we're going to do a recap. Somebody say the pathway series. series. All right. And so the first one that we talked about was the path forward. And so we're going to give you the things that, uh, points that went with that. I won't recap the whole premise of it, I'll just recap the points. And so here was point A when your path is dark, he will be your light. Point B when your path is confusing, he will be your peace. Point C, when your path is hard, he will be your comfort. And point D, when your path is weak, he will be your strength. Then we went from the path forward to, oh, oh, yeah, go ahead and bring it up. I was going to see if anybody remembered. But it was the path inward. And so let's give us the points for the path inward. Path inward, point number one was when you go inward, you aren't retreating. You are replenishing. Then two was when you go inward, you aren't retreating, you are renewing. Three, when you go inward, you aren't retreating, you are realigning. And four, when you go inward, you aren't retreating, you are rejoicing. And so we we landed that plane on the rejoicing piece. And let me give you the summary of the whole sermon for last week. And here it was. The path inward enables us to tackle the path forward. All right. And so now we've got to turn a corner because the, the first two were very uh, encouraging. And this one is not so much encouraging, but it is yet helpful. Right. Sometimes things are encouraging and sometimes things are correcting. But either way, it's going to be helpful. And so today, let's bring it up. Today's sermon is simply this, the path downward. The path downward. So we have the path forward, we have the path inward, but unfortunately there is a path Down. downward. And if you if you are smart, you realize this is not the path we want to take. So I'm sorry if you showed up on the week that we're talking about this, but you can go back and catch the other ones. But the path downward is something important. So let's give us a definition of downward and the downward definition is simply this, toward a lower place, point, or level. A lot of times in church we hear preachers talk about, I'm going to a new level. But not everybody going to a new level. You have to be positioned to go to the new level. And the problem with new levels, not only are there new levels on and new devils on new levels, but a lot of times when a person goes to the new level and they face a new devil, a lot of times they quit. But sometimes the quitting doesn't put you back where you started at. It brings you lower. So the problem with this path that we're on, if you're not careful, if you're not moving forward, and you're not using the inward prowess to move forward. More than likely, you're either moving backwards or you're moving downward. And Today, we're going to talk about moving downward. Let's look at Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. And this is where we're going to give some uh, framework to the sermon. And I'm, I'm going to read this part because it's small. Uh, and then I'll, I'll bring you in later, Mother Mitchell. So starting off with the first part, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... Bible scholars, you understand that Hebrews eleven, the chapter before, is called the Hall of Faith. So he was he was remarking about those people. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. The first thing that I want to point out is that he says uh, to Major things. Number one, he says weights. Number two, he says sin. But he puts weight first, he puts sin second. Another problem we have we have a lot of people that only want to talk to us about sin, but sin is not the only thing that can bring you downward. Sin is one of the main things that we know about, but there's actually weights. In other words, there's actually things that are not sin that can still bring you down. And what we mean by that is because you, you have to have at some point a lift off and a lift up. And if there's something constantly weighing you down, it keeps you from lifting to where you need to be. In other words, it doesn't have to be sin. And sin is not really that big of an issue because Jesus has already dealt with sin and he'll process you through sin. So a lot of people are falling downward, not because of sin, they're falling downward because of weights. So we're going to talk about some weights and then we're actually going to throw uh, uh, sin in there as well because sin is something that can trip us up. I'm not trying to say sin is not unimportant, but it it is magnified more than it needs to be in church. In other words... You go to some services and all you hear about is drinking, smoking, gambling, sex. That's all they talk about. Like that's the only thing that could ever trip people up. And when you've been in this thing long enough, you really know better than some of those things. The Bible says it is the small foxes that destroy the vine. And the context of that is that the grapes were high on the vine. And the foxes could not climb up to get the grapes so they would nip at the bottom of the vine and what it would do it would cut off the life source of the vine and it would make the vine die and then the fruit would fall and so the devil knows I can't keep you from going to heaven I can't keep you from going to church I can't even keep you from praising God because you really believe this thing but I can keep nipping at small things so you begin to rot over small things and I can destroy your fruit little by little. Sometimes it's just that ugly person on your job you got to deal with every day. That's the weight. Sometimes it's the boss that promotes everybody but you. Sometimes it's the neighbor that when he walks out to get his mail, he waves at everybody but you. And it irritates you and sets you on edge. And we have got a lot of safe folk that got attitude. Because of the things that have gone on in their life And it don't make you wrong, it just is a weight Gravity is an amazing thing But gravity can be hard as well Gravity is great because if we didn't have gravity We would all be floating around here Gravity keeps us still But the problem also with gravity If you're too high and you fall down Gravity doesn't help you stay up Gravity will bring you down And so just because you have reached some levels in God don't mean everything's okay because the devil's always trying to pull the rug up under you and cause you to fall crashing down. Things can hit you that you were not looking for. The devil will sucker punch you. And the next thing you know, you're in a quagmire. You're in a quandary. What does it mean? You're lost. And so I'm trying to teach you that sometimes you got to deal with the weights that can bring you down. Now, I'm just going to bring up the things that I'm thinking about, but we all know the several things that we have. You ever just looked at somebody and didn't like them? Yeah, no, I know y'all ain't never done that, y'all say. Mm, she thinks she ought that." it's something in you, you got, you got to deal with that. You, you so, so, so we, we have to work on the weights and realize what they are. All right, so let's go to the next verse here. I'm going to read this as well. And this is how we're going to fix it. It says this, and it's powerful. It says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. So that means that our faith is not perfect. That means we, are, we can be saved and have imperfections, but looking unto Jesus, the founder and the perfecter. And what one version says, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And so there was an ascension level that Jesus got to, and he was able to be seated at the right hand of God, but he had to go through the cross. And sometimes the weight you deal with is the weight of the cross that you have to bear. And because of who you are, some things will not come easy in your life. Some blessings will come hard. My, my grandfather said, a bishop told him one time, he said, some, boy, some people get blessed early. Some people get blessed in the middle, and some people get blessed late. And unfortunately, boy, I believe you're going to get blessed late. In other words, your, your stuff ain't going to come easy as everybody else. Doors are not going to swing open like they do for everybody else. You may have to go through some hard times. You may have to struggle, but it perfects something in you. And if you can go through the weight and you can handle the sin, God can bring you to a place where everybody looks at you. There's something special about her. There's something awesome about him. He went through what he had to go through. So it is what it is. All right, let's, let's go to this. I'm going to put this up here. Four weights that pull us downward. Give us four Things that pull us downward. I can pick a lot of things, but I don't want to be here too long. And I'm already saying the four is going to take me a while to track through it. So you can think on top of these other things that seem to weigh you down. But I'm going to give you four things and point them to the scripture. But I'm also going to give us the answer. So let's start here with the answer. And we've already heard it in the verse. Looking to Jesus equals the answer. So no matter what is weighing you down... Don't take your eyes off of Jesus. And many times what is weighing you down is trying to, and the scripture calls it a bowed down head. And when your head is bowed down, you can't see the Savior. So even with your head bowed down, you got to learn how to look up. That's why David said, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. If you know David, he went through all kinds of stuff, but even though I'm going through stuff, I'm going to keep looking at Jesus because as long as I look at the Savior, I'm going to have some strength. I may be down right now, but if I can look to Jesus. One songwriter said, look and live. Look to Jesus now and live your life is in the sight of your Savior. All right, so now that leads me to this point here. This gives you the whole premise of the message. Taking eyes off Jesus equals the problem. So here's the thing. Many of the weights that come at you, they are designed to get your eyes off of Jesus. And the longer you have your eyes off of Jesus... The more likely you'll be going downward. I'll give you another quick example. This is just a little different. When you're driving your car, the longer you take your eyes off the road, the more likely you can get into some trouble. Turn the radio quick and look up. You find you can fiddle with the phone. You get to doing too much fiddling, you get yourself in trouble. And some of us have seen it. You look down for a quick second. The other day, it, it was I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was looking at the side mirror because I was trying to get over. Actually, it was just yesterday. I was driving with my wife, but while I was looking at the side mirror, someone in front of me had just cut in front of me, and Devin was like, did you see that? I was like, no, I didn't see it. I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was actually looking at the mirror, but because I wasn't looking forward, something that quick, could have took me out, but thank God that God was able to maneuver and fix, but I'm here to let you know, when you get your eyes off of Jesus, even for a moment, it can cause you major problems. Many times God can fix it, and keep you from getting into accidents, but some of y'all, y'all been looking off too long. That's why you look off. In other words, you ever looked at somebody and say, you just you look crazy, because you've been looking off from Jesus. You need to get back to looking at, Jesus all right let's let's add let's add this to help us as we go forward each weight will be something that takes focus from Jesus therefore pulling us downward so there was a uh, a, a man who had a quote that says the only reason why men and it means men and women the only reason why people fail is because of broken focus so whenever Jesus is out of focus, you're going to cause yourself to be pulled downward. So it's really a message about focus and refocusing because we still need to be going on the path forward. In order to go on the path forward, sometimes we have to go inward, but in order to deal with inward and forward, we got to make sure we're not going downward. All right. So let's give us the very first point, point number one. I'm actually moving through this quicker than what I thought, but don't let that trick you. I still might take a while. Yeah. Point number one is what circumstance focus. Here's, here, here's one of the devil's major things. And this, this don't have nothing to do with you sinning or messing up. This is just circumstance. Sometimes circumstance comes that has nothing to do with you at all. In other words, you have no control over gas prices at all. all right. They can do something overseas and the oil, the barrel of oil can go up and the next thing you know, you're paying $4.50 for gas and you had nothing to do with it. Uh-huh. And your wages didn't go up. You're not making any extra money. So what that does, that creates a circumstance you had nothing to do with. All right. The person you did not vote for Can get in office and make a law that adversely affects you, and you had nothing to do with it, and it can create a circumstance. You could be minding your business, and some drunk driver could go off the road and hit your house, and now you have stuff that you have to take care of. And, of course, you have insurance, but there's something called a deductible. And many times you got to come out of pocket, and it had nothing to do with you. It is a circumstance. Here's the thing you cannot forget. We live in a fallen world. And even though God is king, it doesn't fix all the mess that's in the world. And sometimes you can slip into some mess. It could be your fault. It could be natural fault. It could be your child's fault, your spouse's fault. It could be your job's fault. It, it doesn't make a difference. It's just a circumstance. And there's nothing wrong with having a circumstance take you back momentarily. I say this to myself, I give myself no more than 72 hours to get back on focus. I get, I, I get a terrible call, some things just rock you. But after a while, I got to get, get back to the word I'm preaching. I can't stay there, I can't stay depressed for two months. I got to refocus. Now, it hasn't always happened in 72 hours for me, but in my mind, after three days, you got to do something. I can't preach faith to y'all and hide from problems. Andre, you got to refocus, get back in the Word, because the circumstance is trying to take your eyes off of Jesus. And Here's the thing that I know. Even though the circumstance is hard, it did not catch Jesus by surprise. May have caught me by surprise, but it didn't catch him by surprise. So somehow he is a savior. So somehow he's gonna rescue me in the situation. Even though I don't like the situation, if he is who he says he is, he's just not God on the mountain. He's God in the valley. He's not just God on the boat. He's God in the storm. And so I got to trust him. He's not just God in heaven. He's God in hell as well. David said, if I make my bed in hell, he'll find me there. So I can't allow the circumstance to reroute my focus. Okay, well, let, let, let's, get a little, let's get a little deeper. You've been married 20 years. It's been going well. But one day you bump into somebody that smell better than your spouse. Look better than your spouse. Got more money than your spouse. Be careful not to reroute your focus. Just because you notice it don't mean you got to go after it. Let, here's something, let, let, let me explain this. See, I love Cadillacs, specifically the one that I drive because it was something that I worked on and God brought it to me. So whenever I see another Cadillac just like mine, I look and sometimes I've waved and honked. Sometimes they be looking at me like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I, you, you driving what I'm driving, I'm happy. But what I don't do is jump out of my car and try to get into that car because it's going to cause multiple wrecks. So notice, but keep moving forward. It's okay to notice, but don't lose your focus. You're human, you're gonna notice somebody that got uh um how can I say it well? They, they have extra. Let me just put it that way. They got extra, you're gonna notice it, but that don't mean you gotta lose your focus. Oh, let me let me let me let me add something a little lighter. Woo! I went to this revival over there, and boy, they were sure enough preaching. I like the music. I like all that. By the way, my church don't have music. This guy preached better than Pastor Andre. But if you're called here, don't lose your focus. It's okay to celebrate the other church. But if you're assigned here, don't lose your focus because it will distract you from your purpose. Oh, I'm preaching good this morning. <laughs> All right, let's 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 give us some scriptural context to this. We're gonna to go to Matthew 14:28 through 29. 28 is gonna be the first verse. Mother Mitchell, would you read that?
1: And Peter answered him and said, Lord. If it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water.
0: I referenced this last week. It wasn't in the notes, but I put it in the notes this week. And so Jesus is walking on the water. At first they thought it was a ghost. And somehow they realized it was Jesus. And Peter said, if it's you, tell me to come. Peter was bold. He was a man of faith. And so let's read.
1: And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water
0: to go to Jesus. Now listen, Peter had to come down out of the ship, so it was a path downward, but it was just a momentary downward because he stepped on the water, and he began to do what was humanly impossible, and he began to walk on the water to go to who? Jesus. Jesus. All right, let's read the next verse.
1: But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Wait
0: a second. When he saw the wind is when he began to sink. And my father, our bishop and apostle, would always say this it made no difference if it was windy or not. Peter, you should have been walking on the water, period. If the water was calm, you shouldn't be standing. So the fact that the waves are going up is inconsequential. You're already doing what you shouldn't be doing. And let me say this, and I know I have more people here, but let me say this specifically to black people in America. Based on the fact that we were brought here by slave ships, you shouldn't be here anyway. So don't let a little circumstance cause you to start drowning. You shouldn't be here to begin with. They tried to take you out before you ever got here and I can go beyond just black folk that's everybody some of y'all should have been aborted in the womb you should have been miscarried you should have lost your mind the fact that you're still here don't let a new problem make you lose focus on the one who said come Peter was not walking on water he was walking on the power and the strength of Jesus's words but when the circumstance shifted on him, threw him off. And immediately he began to sink. But what I love about it, he was close enough to Jesus to be saved. So, that, so that's another thing. Just I don't care what you sinking in now. Just stay close enough that if you call on him, he can rescue you. I like to say it this way. Some people talk about Peter, but you have boat talkers and water walkers. He at least walked out on the water, and he was closer to Jesus. Yes, he fell, but he was close to Jesus. Yes, the circumstance might change on you, but baby, I've been to church. I've been giving. I've been praying. I've been reading. I'm close enough to the master who can rescue me. Well, pastor, you're not always perfect. I've been confessing my deliverance consistently, so it's okay. I'm still going to be saved. All right, let's 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 go to another portion here. Read this.
1: Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt?
0: Oh. So, here's something to understand is that the circumstance really is trying to make you doubt. And it's trying to make you doubt the word that you stepped out on. And let me be honest I'm a, I wrote a book on faith. I'm a faith man, but faith has made me step out on some stuff. But once I got out there, whoo, baby, it gets scary. You get nervous and you think about how can I get back? I'll tell you one thing that happened when. I took over the ministry. We, had, we were doing well, and then we, we, we hit a patch. And so when this church was built, when we first decided to build, it was 2006. But in 2008, the housing crisis happened. So all the prices went sky high. So all the stuff that we had already was going to purchase was now outside of our realm of purchase. And so in order to get in the building, we signed a deal to just pay interest payments only which means we were not paying on the principal at all. And it took us another four years to get in the building. So that means for four years, we were just giving them money to hold the stuff and it got kind of rough. By the time I took over, when uh, uh, they were going to redo the loan, they told us that the past history has not been good enough for us to redo the loan. And so now I'm no longer just uh, a part of the ministry now I'm the pastor I'm the senior pastor it's in my hands so I can't say hey daddy when you was there uh, something happened and come help me It was on me sitting in the bank office I looked at the man I say we we had some months back pay I won't tell you how many months back pay we had because I don't want you to get depressed but we was behind behind we was BBL behind we was behind (laughs) So I looked at the banker I said, I promise you We will make every payment We will fix it up And by the time we get to the next thing We will be ahead And as I walked out of the office Me and Stephen were in the, in the office As I walked out of the office I like, that was the dumbest thing you could have said Because I ain't got no money And neither do we But I stand here today Hey To tell you Yet when I spoke, while I was scared, God has made it available. And this is something that we only normally tell our staff, but I would tell the whole church now this building is down to 90000 or less to pay it off. When I told him that, we had $400,000 debt, but here I stand and it's coming down and we have made it because I stepped out on faith, even though I was scared. That was my chance to take the path downward. But instead, I wasn't looking at the banker. I was looking at Jesus and said, God, if you can touch me, I'm going to say what I believe. And God has come through. And don't get too excited about the 90 coming down because we're building a building over there which will have my father's name on it. And we will keep building because we're not going downward. We're going Forward. All right. Now let's. We're gonna switch just a little and put up point number two for me. Point. Uh, yeah. Point number two is others focused. Now. Now let me let me stop and set this up for just a second. Normally in Christianity we want to be others focused. In other words, you don't just focus on you. You want to focus on other people, and that's a good thing. That's not the others focus I'm talking about. In order to explain the others' focus I'm talking about, I need to put up uh, these numbers here and show you. It's a study that was done. Go ahead and put these numbers up here. It says this, $100,000 job offer, $200,000 for others, or a $50,000 job offer and $25,000 for others. So basically, a study was done by two professors, and they sat people in a room, and they said, you have two options. You can have a job that will pay you a salary of $100,000, but the only thing is everybody else in the company is going to make 200000 Or you can have a job where you're going to make 50000 The only difference is everybody else in the company is going to make 25000 After they did the study, More than 50,000 people, not 50, excuse me, more than 50% of people chose the 50,000 because people are trained in their humanity. As long as I'm doing better than somebody else, I'm happy. So I don't want the 100,000 because there's going to be too many people doing better than me. So I'll settle and take something less as long as I'm better than somebody else. That's a messed up mentality that you will lower yourself just so you can be better than somebody else. This is what I have a problem with. I have a problem with people who are in competition with me and didn't bother to tell me we were in competition. At least give me the heads up. But you smile at my face like you're my friend. Every time I post a suit selfie, you like it and love it. Then I find out you're talking about me behind closed doors. Why don't you tell me to my face you don't like what I'm doing? If you're in competition with me, just let me know. So it's fair. But you have a lot of people who have an others-focused mentality. As long as I'm doing better than you, I'm okay. But you should not be judging your life based on me. You should be judging your life based on your purpose. Now, I normally save this to Black History Month, but let me add this in. Let me go to the black-white thing again. One of the most sinister things that was ever done was that those people who were in power, they were not just disenfranchising black people and slaves. They were disenfranchising all kinds of poor people. But this is what they did. They convinced the poor white man, as long as you are doing better than the poor black, you are okay. Yeah. And that's why they fought. But if the poor white and the poor black could have ever come together, they would have overthrown the people who had the money. But all they do, all we got to do is plant a seed. It's, you may be doing bad, but you're better than them inwards. And it created a bunch of fighting and hurt. And guess what? When Martin Luther King preached at the, at the mall in Washington, D.C., when he gave the I Have a Dream speech, he did not get killed. He died in 1968. He gave that speech in 1963. When he lost his life was when he was in Memphis in what they called the Poor People's Campaign. It was not just a civil rights for black people, but he was bringing blacks and whites. He went to Memphis for the sanitation workers who were doing bad. And he was rallying poor people. And his plan, he had been in Chicago. His plan was to go into major cities and bring the poor people together. And make them rise up. And the government said, you got to go. Because you've been taking people that used to hate each other. And telling them, if y'all work together, y'all can rise together. But the devil says, as long as you're doing better than somebody else. You okay. Well, well, uh, well, brother Deacon, and this is made up. Don't y'all, don't y'all say nothing about deacons, don't y'all put nothing on Facebook about the deacons. I'm making this up. But brother Deacon, it seems like you've been doing a little too much drinking. It seems like you're not you're not controlling alcohol, you're not social drinking. You've been getting drunk and it's not good. Yeah, but I don't drink as such as much as other deacon. I ain't talking about the other deacon right now, I'm talking about you. See, a lot of us, as long as you can find somebody doing lower than you, you feel like you're okay, but that's not the way things work. Now, I'm not going to say it again because I say it all the time, and God has me say it all the time, but the tortoise and the hare story. The problem was the rabbit was looking at the turtle, and the rabbit should have been looking at the finish line. Having said that, let's go to a scripture that can back this up, and these are Jesus' words, so they will be in red.
1: Why do you see the speck? That is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the law that is in your own eye.
0: Woo! One of the problems with being others' focus is you forget what you're dealing with. And God says, Why are you dealing with the speck of dust in their eye and you got Lowe's Menards 2x4s in your eyes? Right. You, you got telephone and, and electricity poles in your eyes. And they got a speck of dust. He said, deal with you first. And then you'll be able to see how to help others. Let's, let's go on to the next one. Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the law in your own eye? Uh, Delivery for people who are always listening to a sermon for somebody else. Ooh, you should have been there today. Baby, you was there. Take the word for you. Stop worrying about everybody else and apply it to you because God knew you were going to be here and God sent the word to you and maybe it was for you and not for everybody else. Whew. These young folk, they're out here acting a fool. Well, they not here. They're not here for me to talk to. I'm talking to you, and you acting a fool when you leave here and don't nobody know about it, but God know about it. So stop worrying about everybody else and work on yourself. Yes. So when you become so others-focused, it actually pulls you downward yes. because you're not, you can't focus on Jesus because when you focus on Jesus, Jesus focuses stuff back on you. The Bible calls him like a mirror. So when you look at Jesus, what happens is you see you. So if you're always seeing somebody else, you can't be looking at Jesus. And so what I said uh, years ago, and I've said it many times, that I had got fed up with my wife, and so I went to God to pray about her, and God said, I want to deal with you. Amen. And I thought we got our wires crossed. Let me talk to you tomorrow, God, because I'm coming to you to complain about Devin. And God says, I want to complain about Andre. We're not going to talk about Devin until you're willing to talk about Andre. And it wasn't until he got into me that I realized that Devin wasn't the problem. It was me. But a lot of times we don't want to go through that process because it's easier to blame everybody else than to look at yourself. And so we can just be like Michael Jackson and say, I'm looking at the man in the mirror and I'm asking him to change his way. All right, one more verse from here.
1: Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own
0: eye? Next verse.
1: You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's
0: eye. Mm. The problem may not have been your brother or your sister to begin with, the problem might have been you the whole time. I remember one time being at, being at work and driving through the planet. I'm like, my God, it's foggy in here. I'm wondering, is it smoke? Guess what? My glasses were dirty. I had pulled my glasses off to see the smoke. and it wasn't no smoke. And then I cleaned my glasses and put it back on. Really, it wasn't no smoke. I had dirty glasses. The problem was me. Now, I don't remember what I did, but I was probably getting to be like, oh, it don't make no sense. A billion-dollar company got smoke all here in the factory. I was ready to complain about everybody else, but the problem was resting with me. And when you deal with your own eye, your own stuff, and your own issues, maybe you can see clearly how to help somebody else. Oh, they say it takes a good six months. To worry about yourself. It takes another six months to leave everybody else alone. That takes you a whole tw- 12 months, one year, to worry about yourself. Somebody say it, Say worry about yourself. It's not that you don't help others. Many of us are mentors or disciple makers. We disciple others. It's not that you can't challenge other people. But just know you got got one, one thing that the Bible says. It says the teacher always receives the greater condemnation. In other words, if you're going to give it to someone, here's the reason why some people don't like us. We give them advice that we won't follow ourselves. If I was you, I would leave him. But you've been with the same joke 15 years, you ain't left him. So how are you going to tell me what I'm supposed to do? And so a lot of our kids don't want to listen to us because they see our actions more than they see our words. Let me get off of that. I, let, me, let me move on. Let's go to point number three. Only one more point. And I'm still taking my time. I sure will. <laughs> past focused. So, focus past. They always say this, that the bigger and larger uh, thing in your car is the front windshield. It's bigger than the rear view mirror. It's bigger than the back windshield. Because the car is designed to go most of its time. The majority of its time is designed to go forward. So you only look back momentarily. Sometimes you do have to reverse, but you don't drive everywhere in reverse. If you do, put your license up and get an Uber because you don't know what you're doing. You're supposed to be going forward. So let's look at what is said in Philippians 3, 12 through 14.
1: Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press, press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. I,
0: I'm not talking about being perfect, yes. and I understand I got a log in my eye, but one thing I can at least say I'm pressing, I'm, pressing. Yes. I, I'm, I'm not playing lazy with this thing. I, I'm actually pressing, I'm, I'm moving forward, I, I'm trying, I may be stuck. But I'm at least moving forward. I may not have what I need to have, but I'm trying to move forward. If you saw me in 2019 and you see me in 2024, you'll realize I'm not the same person. I may not have grown leaps and bounds, but I'm itching forward. I'm moving forward. I'm doing something. I'm pressing. In order to press, there's some things that I can't do. Let's look at the next verse.
1: Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do: forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Oh, I, I, I can't
0: tell you that I didn't arrive everywhere I wanted to arrive. I can't tell you all my dreams have come true. But one thing I can promise you: I forgot. The things that were behind So that I can look at the things that were ahead I cannot be past focused and go forward I can't keep looking this way and move forward I got to forget what's behind Yes, they left me, but I'm forgetting it Yes, they passed over me, but I'm forgetting it Yes, they lied on me, but I'm forgetting it I don't have time to live in the past If I live in the past and go in the past I got to go backwards to go to the past and I can't go forward and backwards at the same time. And what happens if I'm trying to go forward and backwards at the same time, I go neither one of those ways. I go downward. Wow. Let's move on. For the point.
1: Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. All right. We've already
0: read that. Let's go to the next verse, guys.
1: I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ
0: Jesus. The prize of the what kind of call? Upward. Upward. See, many times the reason why people are going downward is they're not trying to press upward. Have, Have you ever got in the elevator and wanted to go upward and it goes down? And sometimes you realize that you may have actually pushed the down button. Or when you got on it, someone has already called it to go down. And so you realize, if I'm ever going to go up, I've got to reverse the process. I've got to push the number that's going to take me back upward. And too many people are comfortable with going downward. Let me tell you something that happened to me. We were in... Oh, Niagara Falls. And we were in a very nice hotel and it was the embassy suites in Canada, Niagara Falls, looking over the 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 river and the, the falls. Really beautiful. And one poor thing about it, it was so packed and the elevators were so slow. You would wait in line and I got tired of waiting. We had we had been out uh, vacationing looking at stuff. And we got home and I told the the family, I'm going up the steps. And we'll let them, y'all ride the elevator, wait on the elevator. And I was like, I was so frustrated. I said, I'll probably beat y'all up there. But what I was not paying attention to, we were on like the 60th floor. It was like the 15th or the 20th flight that I realized I had made a mistake. I didn't want to go back down, cause I told my kids I was gonna go up. So I pressed my way upwards. But that's the last time I ever did that. And this is what I'm trying to say to you: Many of y'all are taking the long way up, cause you're impatient. Uh oh! Uh oh! Uh oh! I, I like a kind of like like Pastor Andre. But I haven't worked 26 years like him, so I'm just going to sell dope and cut the corner. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you in the long run. So sometimes you got to be patient. Sometimes slow money is still good money. You, you can't jeopardize your life. Sometimes telling yourself, no, is good for you. Sometimes waiting is good for you because it's too costly to get in too much of a rush. I was too much of a rush. And guess what? My ankles, my knees, my legs, my hips, everything paid for it. Because I was too impatient. So one of the things you got to do, you got to forget what's behind. And this is what I mean by that. Behind, you say it takes too long for God to come through for me. I wait too long. Look at Kelly. She gets stuff easy. I don't like it. Wait too long. I'm going to do it my way. Baby, don't do it your way. If you got to wait like my grandfather and you got to wait to get blessed late, wait. Because one thing I learned about God, he has a way of doing makeup and back pain. He has a way of restoring everything that you lost. Guess what? When me and my wife were struggling to have kids, it was hard. It was rough, but now my oldest is almost getting ready to turn 16. So I've had kids for 16 years, so that's longer than we were without them. So guess what? The beauty and the joy of having them is greater than the pain of not having them. So if you learn how to wait it out, if you learn how to trust the Lord, you will forget how hard it was. You won't even forget the tears that you cry, But you just got to trust this thing that God will bring it out. I'm forgetting the past. Yes, devil, you got me last time, but you won't get me this time. I forgot where I fell. I forgot how I've fallen. I forgot how I cried. In 2024, I'm moving forward. You better catch this train ride. It's rolling because I'm moving forward. I'm not dying. I'm not losing. I'm not giving up. I'm going forward got to forget the past. Got to forget all the stuff and you got to move forward. Let's let's look at this next verse here.
1: Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before
0: you. All right, this is how we stay focused. Let your eyes look directly forward. Let your gaze be straight before you. I'm going to tell you something uh, jokingly that uh, a lot of married men know every now and then you with your wife and you see somebody cross by and you keep looking straight ahead. I'm not getting fussed at today I'm looking forward. my gaze is straight and she' looking at you to see if you're going to turn your head, you will stiffen your body up. I ain't looking at nothing you looking forward. Now, if she look, I'll look too. We can both look, but I, I you ain't tripping me up. I'm looking forward. Look, look some, somebody say young in marriage. One time I was young in marriage, and I had some sunglasses on. We were driving. I think we were going to Chicago. We got into the city, and there was somebody who was walking across, and I thought, look, the spirit was like, no, don't look. But I was like, well, it ain't going to hurt. I got sunglasses on. And Devin said, I saw you looking at her. I'm like, how? How? Learn my lesson. Just keep your gaze ahead. Let your eyes look directly forward. I'm joking, but there are some things you can't take a second look at. Amen. Let me give you an example. Lot's wife Amen. said, Get out the city. Go, I'll spare you, I'll spare. And Abraham worked all the way down from 50 down to 10. And they couldn't find nobody righteous. And God said, I'll spare your family. Yeah. Told Lot to get out, go, run. Got him out the city. And I was just reading this just last week. I was reading this and it's something that I had never picked up on. That they didn't destroy the city until they got to the place they were going. So that means all of them got there. But what happened was Lot's wife had to leave the place of safety And go to look back uh-huh. And she got caught and Turned into a pillow of salt The reason why some of y'all are stagnant Because you keep looking back God done already got you to safety But you keep looking back Some stuff you can't look back at Some places you can't never go again Some things you can't never do again You got to look back For it's too costly to look back now. And if 2020 pandemic and all the hell we've been through hasn't taught you anything, this ain't the time to play game. Look ahead. Look forward. All right. Let's 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 keep going.
1: Ponder the path of your feet; then all your ways will be sure. Yeah. Ponder the path
0: of your feet. Think about where you're going. Before you go, let me talk to us young people for a second. Y'all getting to the age where y'all can drive, y'all can go, y'all can be places. You could ruin your life with one choice think about where you go before you go. When you tell mama you're going to be at this house, don't switch to seven other houses. Stay where you said you were going to be because we cannot protect you from everything. You got to make some choices on your own. You got to ponder. The path of your feet. If I'm here and I have a destiny ahead, if the cops come in while I'm here, will it mess up my life forever? I can't be certain places. And guess what? They may laugh at you, but don't folk ain't going to come see you in the jail anyway. Ponder the path of your feet. Can't go everywhere Can't be with everybody. Sometimes I got to be the nerdy one. Sometimes I got to be the one outside. I got to protect me. I got to protect my purpose. I got to protect all the prayers that's over my life. Got to ponder the path of my feet. All right. One more. And then we're going to take a turn.
1: Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot
0: away from evil. This is not the time to be swerving to the left or to the right. This is time to be going straight. There's times where you can play around. There's times I played around a little bit in the car. Every now and then, I, I would tell my kids, I say, I say, y'all, y'all want to feel the juice? They say, what's the juice? I mashed on the gas, and that thing rear up. But guess what? When I'm beside a cop, we don't play the juice game. There are certain times it's not wise to play around. And I'm trying to let you know we are in a season in 2024. It's not time to play games. Time to move on. And I want to come back to this, put the verse back uh, up, and I'm going to actually make a point, and that's going to get us to our fourth point here, and then we'll, we'll get out of here. So it says, don't swerve to the right or to the left, but then it says, turn your foot away from evil. So here's point number four. I said most, the, the first three are going to be weights, but the last one would include sin. And so here when you're evil focused. Look, 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 let's put this up. There's some people, something I've said it before you, but you may have not caught it. Put this next point up. Do you realize if you spell live backwards, it spells evil? So here's the truth of that. You cannot get through life without encountering evil. Evil is all around. We're in a fallen world. So in order to live You will encounter evil. Sometimes the evil you encounter is inside of you. But here's the thing. You can't be evil focused. It's one thing to have a struggle. It's another thing to make that your focus. And I'm not talking about focus so that you can go out the struggle. I'm talking about focus so you can hide the struggle. Focus so you can get away with it. Some people, they only repent when they get caught. Other people, if don't nobody know I did it, God, me and you, I'm so sorry. I'm so tired of messing up. See, I can work with somebody like that because they haven't focused on the evil. Yes, they're living life and evil has come, but they haven't made it their focus. But some people go out of their way to be evil. They'll plan their evil. They'll plot their evil. They'll work on their evil. And I hope you're not a Deliverance Temple member and you have got your evil planned out in April of 2024, April 22nd. I'm about to do this and I'm about to do that. It's one thing on April 21st you get tempted and you fall on April 22nd. It's another thing in January to be planning your sin ahead of time. And then you would be like, oh, God bless me. No, you plan that out. Let's not be evil focused because those who are evil focused, they're on a path downward. All right. Here, Here, let's read Colossians 3, 1 and 2.
1: If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.
0: So it says because Christ is above, we ought to have a mindset that's actually looking above. We ought to be seeking the things that are above. We shouldn't be seeking the lower things. Every now and then you get brought down into the lower things. But I, all the time, 24-7, you're always thinking about messy stuff and gossip and how you can cheat, lie, steal, and get over on people, and you still save something wrong with your salvation. You ought to be thinking on things above. If you have then been raised with Christ, your mindset ought to shift at some point. Yeah. Read the next verse. It tells us what to do.
1: Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth.
0: So set your mind on things above. Some of y'all, you have your DVR or you have your direct TV set to uh, record Real Housewives of Atlanta, but you don't have an alarm to wake you up to read the word of God or to pray. Ain't nothing wrong with you watching real housewives of Atlanta if that's what you want to watch. But you ought to have some spirituality there somewhere in your process. But we got a lot of say folk that want me to do all your spirituality for you. You don't come here for me to preach it to you and then that's all you get. You got to do it. You ought to have some focus on the things that are above. All right, come on. Let's, look. Let's keep going Ephesians 5, 8, and 9.
1: For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Walk as children of the light. Listen, read the next verse. For the fruit of life is found in all that is good and right and true.
0: Now, this is what it says, and this is a beautiful word. The next verse says this.
1: And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Here's the word I want to
0: point out to you. Three letters. Try. try some of us ain't even trying he said try to deserve what's pleasing to the Lord should I watch this should I do this me and Devin went to a, a movie last night and one of the first trailers was one of them demonic evil things and she said Mm-mm. <laughs> no, no. you ain't got to worry about me because try- there's some stuff I won't subject myself to because I'm trying to please the Lord. I ain't playing with a bunch of stuff because I'm trying. Some people ain't trying. I asked my son a question, Dylan. I asked him a question the other day because he got all A's and I believe two B's, which is normally really great. But Dil- Dylan is a low-key genius. So I had to ask him, Is the B the best you can do? Are you really trying? He's like, no, i really try. I'm like, okay. I'm just checking with you. Because sometimes people get so relaxed, they stop trying. And then things start dropping down. If you get a B and you try, I'm okay with that. But if you drop because you're just being lax and lazy, I'm not okay with that. And God is saying the same thing. If you displease the Lord but you try, God says, I can forgive you. But if you displease the Lord and you ain't even trying, that's a different story. That's a path down where you got to at least be trying. Sister Darlene sees me in the grocery store. How you doing, Pastor Andre? No, I'm not talking about you. I'm saying you speak to me and I turn her and walk away from you and don't engage with you. But then in church, hi, darling, but you can't talk to me outside here. You you saw me, and you got some saints that are only saints from 11 to 1. Catch them outside of here. I'm not talking about catch somebody on a bad day, but catch them outside of here. They don't live in their vision every day. They're not living their vision at all. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to see you. Don't you want you looking at me in my face. I'm praying for you, baby. But then you want to come to the past and tell them, ooh, I'm living the vision. No, you're not. Stop lying. Tell the truth. You ain't, you ain't even trying. Ooh, help me. I like y'all helping me preach this morning. I told, and I, I'm, 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 I'm really coming to a close. I know I've, I've taken some time. But I, I told the men in our, our prayer breakfast, I was talking about sometimes we have struggles as men and we're not worried about the struggles. We believe in God. We was talking about forgetting the past. But I said, there's some stuff we're not going to do. We, we don't want no man in here who's purposely running through all the single women and they think it's a game to be a player no we're going to step up to them and that, that you can maybe you can do that in another church but you ain't going to do that here we care for our people this is not the place to find somebody that you can trick off trickle around and do stuff to no because this is not the game that we're playing because it's not a game to us this is serious i will not be the pastor where all the kids look like me That ain't the type of thing that I'm trying to play. This is not a game to me. This is serious. I got an answer to the Lord. Amen. All right, enough of that. And here's, here's the next verse, and this just lays it out real real, real harsh. Lay it, lay it on out. Next verse. Take no part. Hold on. That, that ain't the next verse. Okay, that is. You're right. Go ahead.
1: For it is shameful even to speak of the no, things.
0: You, they were right. I was wrong. Go back.
1: Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but it's instead expose
0: them. So if I know you are purposely running through the women in the church, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell the women, ah, don't give him your number. Don't talk to him. When I see y'all talking and hugging, I'm coming to say something. But some of y'all women so hardy, hard-headed, even if I tell you, you're going to do what you want to do anyway. But at least I'm going to expose it. All right, go ahead to the next one.
1: For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. Woo!
0: Uh-oh. Not the stuff you struggle with. We all got secrets where we struggle with and we had some bad moments. We talking about the stuff you purposely do in secret, consistently, and you call yourself saved. You, you say, but you want to path down. That's all I'm saying. Read the next one. Look
1: carefully... Then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. All right, read. Making the best use of the time
0: because the days are evil. Oh, we're we're trying to live a different way because the days are actually evil. All right, here we go. Only a couple more verses. Come on, read.
1: Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is.
0: Some of it just comes down to straight foolishness. My mama used to always say that to me. She used to make me mad, to be honest. Now that I'm uh, her pastor, I can tell the truth and just make me mad. But it was true. She would say, "Andre, don't let the devil make a fool out of you." For I leave the house. Don't, I'm like, man, she just ruined my ruined my day. But the older I get, I understand. Don't get caught in unnecessary foolishness. All right. And then it goes to this. We we read this last week, and then we'll close from here.
1: And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit.
0: This will help many of us. All we got to do is trade in the excess on one side and get an overflow of the Spirit, which is what we talk about going inward. So here we're going to we're closing with this. Put this up. This is a summary. You guys can stand to your feet. This is a summary. Thank you for allowing me to go over. Here's a summary. The path downward starts with anything that keeps us looking downward and therefore away from Jesus. Yes. Somebody say when we say the path, the path downward. All right, let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, God, you've talked to us about the path forward, the path inward, and now the path downward. Honestly, you you wanted me to share this for a reason, and I got this sermon done early in the week, so you gave it to me. But God, forgive us for anything that has kept our focus off of you and has caused us to slip downward. But God, let us refocus because we're trying to go upward and be what we're supposed to be in these last and evil days. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And let all the people say Amen. amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great and a marvelous week. God bless you.